So there is plenty of ability for you to come up with ideas. What I would recommend, start with that top of funnel sort of content that is most likely to get searched, that is most likely to bring people in, right? Start with the, the otherwise lean on the kind of content where you're consistently running into people asking you these questions or having these misconceptions or that sort of thing. Use that as your guidepost. Solve your own immediate needs based on what you're seeing in the market. If you don't have clear ideas on that, generate a list like this. Certain ideas should stand out where you think, yeah, this would be really powerful. If I had a video like this that I could send to somebody when they're asking this question or that I could have out in the marketplace, start with those. So you're going to have plenty of ideas in terms of where to start with what's getting searched well and start with what solves your problems immediately. Does that at least alleviate some level of that overwhelm? Welcome back to the Real Estate Growth Hackers Show. I am Zach Hammer. With me, I got Charlie Madison, and we're going to be talking about the AI content lifecycle with ICDO today. What you're going to learn in this is we're going to be talking about all the different ways and strategies and tools and tactics that you could be using to leverage AI in your content process. And that's what ICDEDO is about, is that process. What that stands for is ideation, creation, distribution, and optimization. Essentially, those are the main different areas about that you go through when you're creating content. And so we're going to talk about how AI makes your life easier or more effective across all of those ways. Charlie, what do you think about that as a topic? <laughs> I want to know how AI helps with OPP. That's the real question. <laughs> 90s kid. <laughs> Indeed. Good call. So yeah, this is a, a continuation. Actually, I talked about a lot of these principles on a recent session that I did at Rain X 2023 with the Sisu crew over there. I wasn't able to get into all of my notes because we didn't have enough time in the session. And we were sharing the session with Kendall, who did an amazing job bringing some great ideas to this same topic as well. Kendall Bonner, I believe was her last name. I uh, definitely recommend checking her out as well. But I figured I'd take the opportunity on my own show here to lay out some of the other ideas that I didn't get to talk about in session and have a conversation with you. How does that Let's sound? Do Charlie? Let's dive deep. I am Perfect. always excited to learn stuff from AI with you. And I, I just want to buy your book. Like I want your book, your workbook that lays it out this weekend. I kid you not. I was fighting with AI and I really wish I had Zach Hammer's book. And I've asked him about AI questions like, every week for the last 12. Can I just go a couple days without it? Indeed. Yeah. And, and shoot, on, the, on that note, just that you guys know, if you are looking to have that kind of relationship where you can ask me AI questions, whatever you want, we just recently put together a mastermind where you get access to do exactly that. If you're struggling with AI, struggling to get that implemented, you want a place where you get to learn how to implement it effectively and be able to get answers from me, not quite on demand, but at least very quickly, then yeah, I definitely recommend checking that out. Realestategrowthhackers.com slash contact. That's the a link right now. You can contact us. Let us know that you're interested in it. And you can also join Charlie Madison amongst the kind of people that can reach out to Zach Hammer and get answers to your AI questions. AI. That's right. Well, let's go ahead and at least solve some people's problems, some people's questions right here and now. What do you say? Let's, let's do it. What's the I? So I is ideation. What do I mean by that, Charlie? What I mean is coming up with ideas, right? Coming up with all the things. Like when we're about to create content... 
first and foremost, we have to know what we want to create content about, right? So we have to be able to come up with ideas. Now, when I think through coming up with ideas, there's a couple of things that come into this, a couple of ideas that come into play. And that is, I want to be able to create content that serves multiple purposes. A couple of the key purposes of content to me are one, to attract audience. Okay. So I want the kind of content that people are likely already looking for that will attract them to me through the various ways that I can create step in front of a flow of people already coming along. That's going to be content that works well for SEO or other ways that people are already looking for. And then the other thing that I want to do, and potentially more important in some ways than at some points, is going to be content that shifts people's way of seeing the world to be closer to my way of seeing the world. Because if people see the world the way that I see it, they're likely going to want to work with me. They're likely going to want my products. They're going to appreciate the solutions because I obviously offer solutions based on the way that I see the world. Does that make sense? Makes sense. And so these elements of ideation really fit into trying to create content that is designed to do that well. So first up on the list is a concept that I've developed in the past with my friend, Leanna, called the Endless Content Quick Start. That's what we decided to call it, but it's a process of of questions that allow you to have an unending list of things that you could potentially create content on that are all designed both to either get you that SEO traffic or uh, to help move people into your way of seeing the world. And so at the top of that list is going to be FAQs, okay? So frequently asked questions. Now, those are pretty obvious in terms of what they are and some of why they're powerful. But the biggest thing that I want people to take away from this is that frequently asked questions are great because if they're frequently asked, they are the things that people are searching for. Right. If people are already knowing to ask them, then those are the kinds of things that they're going to be typing into Google. They're going to be typing into YouTube. They're going to be on the lookout for and be searching for. So they're great ways to get content coming in. Now, how do we pull AI into this process? Right. Well, what we do is we leverage a solid prompt to throw into something like ChatGPT and we and we say, hey, please generate a list of frequently asked questions for buying a house. Right. Please generate a list of frequently asked questions in selling the home. Please list a set of frequently asked questions about, you know, the Omaha area in Nebraska. Please give me a a list of frequently asked questions about buying your home for the first time. Right. Right. So you could take that, you could riff on it and get these questions. And then you as the human actually look through that list a bit and decide which ones make sense to really create content on, which ones maybe don't. And literally just by riffing through that a bit, you're going to find an unending stream. Would you like me to make it at least a little bit easier? The ones that are going to already be being searched. Are you saying, wait, there's more, (laughs) but wait. There's more. Uh Yes, please. A double helping. Awesome. So not only can you start in chat GPT and ask that question and have it generate you a list. Another thing that I really like to do is this isn't AI specifically, unless you're going with the idea of saying a very loose description of what people might consider AI. But one of my favorite tools for this is Answer the Public. And I believe it's answerthepublic.com. What that site does is it allows you to put in one to two keywords. You can actually do more, but one to two tends to work best, like real estate, or you could put in your location, like Nashville. And what it's going to do is it's going to pull up all of the iterations and variations of what people are searching for Nashville and other things with like top restaurants in Nashville, right? What are best places in Nashville? You're going to see all these keywords. And then the the tool itself actually shows you what the search 
volume is for those keywords as well so that you can prioritize that right mix of what are the questions that you can answer that likely align with you and your real estate business while also being as highly searched as possible to make it most likely that your content that you're creating attracts the most traffic. So that's the idea there. The way that it works is that you put in your keyword and it's already got saved a bunch of iterations like what, why, where, when, how, and it'll put that together with the keyword and then it scrapes everything that shows up in the auto suggest on Google, Bing, YouTube, et cetera, so that you get all of those keywords collected for you. Because what Google is suggesting when you type in something and it shows those other things are the most searched things along with that keyword, right? So that's the idea there is that it grabs that and it's got a whole lot of them. It's got comparisons. It actually goes through every letter of the alphabet. So Nashville A, what are all the things that pop up? Nashville B, what are all the things that pop up, etc. So great terms to throw in there. Your location, various different angles on your location. Like as for instance, I know in Las Vegas has a couple of common areas. There's Las Vegas itself, Henderson, North Las Vegas, Summerlin, Green Valley, right? There's areas that people might specifically be searching for that all would have their own sub questions as well. So those are great kind of foundational terms as well as your more standard general questions about real estate could be useful as well. Now you may not attract a ton of traffic off of those general questions, but they're great for use in your social media and your marketing to at, you know, answer those front level questions for people. So does that make sense in terms of coming up with ideas for around frequently asked questions? That does. Yeah. Perfect. Would you like to start learning how to go even further and getting people desiring working with us? Now you're just talking crazy. Let's do it. So in our endless qu content quick start, all of the rest of the questions, for the most part, start to move us from just being the person that's answering those top level questions into being seen as the person that could really solve people's problems. Okay. And so the next type of question that I like to be able to look at and generate, and all of the rest of these are going to be great just to leverage with ChatGBT, where you say, what are these for this topic or for this area or for this idea, right? And you're going to get great inspiration there. So the first one is SAQs, should ask questions. So should ask questions are different from frequently asked questions in that they may not be the kinds of questions that people ever ask, right? but they are the questions that people would ask if they know what you know. They're the kinds of questions that somebody who's smart and educated knows to ask. This would be, this would be a question like, uh, as a, for instance, I know the way that you view that you view marketing and where you have strategy around this, you might have a should ask question around the idea of how much do you spend on marketing your own business to generate leads? Right. That might be a good should ask question because you know that if they're spending too much, that they're actually probably spending a lot of their time working those leads rather than having a lot of their time to work with clients because they're using a great system like realtor waiting list or referrals while you sleep. That just brings that business to them on autopilot, right. right? And so that could be a really good should ask question. Nobody would ever think to ask that. They wouldn't know that it's important, but you do. I've got a question. And you could, you, what's that? What is a good should ask question for you? What's well, a good should ask question for me? Oh, that, that's a good question. A good should ask question for me, meaning like for people who would potentially be yes. working with me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Why the tool, let me see how to word this. Why doesn't the AI tool matter? That's a good one. Why doesn't the AI tool matter? That's a good one. So everybody is looking for the next tool that's going to solve everything. And nine times out of 10, what you need is you need ChatGPT and you just need to know how to actually use it. That's awesome. Yeah. And so if you're looking for the next tool that's claiming to have some sort of unique angle, chances are 
you've got a really good marketer who's just <laughs> pulling you down a path that's about to sell you something yeah. when really all you need to know is you just need to understand the technology so that you can put it to use effectively. Now, that's not to say that tools don't ever help, but I'd say nine times out of 10, it's mostly marketing and very rarely is it actually of substance making a difference for yeah. you. Yeah. So there you go. That's a good shoot. So do you uh, use AI to help you with should ask questions? Yeah. So the way that I'd leverage AI to help with should ask questions is literally remember that these large language models are trained on the entirety of what's publicly available information wise, right? Which means they might be a bit of an expert on your topic and they might know the should ask questions around your topic as well. So you can get inspiration around that. You can also potentially lead it in a certain direction where you say, here's some of my ideas. And then you can have it help you refine those into either a list of similar ideas or maybe refine, refine them into more clear ideas, that sort of idea. Does that make sense? Yep. Makes sense. Perfect. So the next one. And we're just going to continue down the list for the endless content quick start. And we're going to go through this quickly so that we could go to the rest of them. But you get the idea for how we leverage these. These are starting points. We throw them into ChatGBT in order to get a list of ideas that we could go through and create individual videos, blogs, et cetera, off yep. of. Does that make sense? Nailed it. So the next one is jargon or insider language. So getting a list of the kinds of terms that people maybe are used to saying in the industry, but outside of the industry, people aren't used to hearing. It's great as content to say, hey, you may be hearing this word. Here's what it really means, why it matters to you, et cetera. That sort of yeah. idea. Myths and misconceptions. That's another good angle to be able to, to speak to content on. Some of these are different sides to the same coin. You might get similar concepts in them, but when worded this way, it either helps AI or helps you either way, whether you're brainstorming this or leveraging AI to help you brainstorm, it helps to think through these things in a slightly different way that could find new nuggets for you. So myths and misconceptions would be the kinds of things that people believe that just aren't true, right? The 10 commandments is another good angle to go down. And that's just, those are the rules, right? Rules right. for success. So thou shalt always make sure to take care of your financing before you start getting attached to a home, right? right? Yeah. That's a pretty good rule, I've right? What'd you say? I like it. Thou shalt always hire Charlie Madison, right? Nailed it. There we go. Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, that one may not be very good content, but you know, it, it's at least a rule that you'd believe, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So thou shalt and thou shalt nots, right? These are the ideas that you're giving people rules for success in whatever you're doing. And you could do that in different angles, right? So you could do that a list for buyers. You could do it for sellers. You could do it for move up buyers. Right. You could do it for, you know, empty nesters, right? Like you could literally iterate on this angle and focus it on the specific group that you're gearing it toward. What I tend to recommend is that kind of content. Each commandment is its own video nice. or its own art, yeah. right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not one video where you cover all of them. It's most likely broken up into multiple pieces. The next one is false limiting beliefs. So this is going to be similar to the myths and misconceptions. But when you frame it in this way of thinking through false limiting beliefs, these are the things that people believe about the world that just aren't true. And as a result, are holding them back, right? Does that make sense? We have the opposite side of that, which is true empowering beliefs. And those are the beliefs that if somebody believed them, would allow them to have a greater degree of success in whatever they're pursuing than they're currently having, Yeah. right? So that not maybe not commonly believed, but for those that do, get them good results. And so, yeah, those are kind of the foundational ideas for the endless content quick start. So use those as a springboard to generate a bunch of ideas. What do you think about that? I love that. I want to use those for what I'm doing. If you had to guess, 
How many ideas do you think you could generate from that list alone? I mean, the name kind of gives it away, but I think it would be unlimited. That's true. true. <laughs> I mean, hundreds, How would you right? like Easily. How would you like it if I made it so that you could immediately turn that into three times as many? Oh, I, I want three times as many. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So the other thing that I like to do for, for ideation is remixing any of these ideas into a different style of content. Okay. And so there are foundationally three different types of content. There's case studies, recipes, and listicles, okay? So what are those? A case study is telling somebody how to get an end result via somebody's story, saying, this person got this result, let me show you the story of how, right? So it's selling a result through a story. Recipes are saying you want this end result, let me show you the step-by-step -step process to get there. What's required, in what measures, and in what steps, yeah. right? That's a recipe. And then listicles are the type of content that say, here's 10 great ways to do this. Here's 13 unexpected, amazing restaurants in Nashville, right. right? What's cool is nearly every type of content that you generate can be reframed as a case study, recipe, and a listicle. So if you find a piece of content that you find really valuable, really useful, really powerful, you can immediately turn it into more types of content that feel fresh and new just by taking them and reskinning them as a different type. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And AI is amazing at doing exactly that for you and nice. saying, take this thing and rework it into this type of content. Does that make yep. sense? Love it. Here's a new one that is specifically from this world of AI that most people are missing. If you are paying for ChatGPT Plus or you're using one of these tools that has the ability to search the internet, one of the common types of videos that people should be doing, just because it, it keeps you top of mind and relevant, is talking about what's going on in your local market. How would you like it if that AI did all the research for you, assembled it into a script, and just gave it to you for you to be able to read? Would, How would that sound? I would be okay with that. And so you could do exactly that. With ChatGPT's ability to search the internet, you could throw a prompt in that says, I want to do a, a market snapshot, a market update of what's going on in my local area. And it could go very localized, right? It, places that you might not expect being able to get good details on because a lot of this data is already assembled in places. Yeah. It's really just a question of turning it into a relevant update that gives people key takeaways, that sort of idea. So you can actually ask ChatGPT, I want to do a market update. Please research for this for me and put it together in a script so I could do a market update to talk about these ideas. Pro tip for this, make sure to ask it to include why does it matter, mm. right? Don't just have it give you absorption rate is this and total listings are this and that's useful information and you should lean on those facts and figures but you need to be able to tell people why it matters to them otherwise they're just going to hear you rattling off numbers and they're not going to care does that all make sense that makes tons of sense yep all right so that was ideation do you think we have enough ability to come up with ideas i'm you? overwhelmed with how many ideas i have it's like an inception of ideas. So there is plenty of ability for you to come up with ideas. What I would recommend, start with that top of funnel sort of content that is most likely to get searched, that is most likely to bring people in, right? Start with the, the otherwise lean on the kind of content where you're consistently running into people asking you these questions or having these misconceptions or that sort of thing. Use that as your guidepost. Solve your own immediate needs based on what you're seeing in the market. If you don't have clear ideas on that, generate a list like this. Certain ideas should stand out where you think, yeah, this would be really powerful. If I had a video 
like this that I could send to somebody when they're asking this question or that I could have out in the marketplace. Start with those. So you're going to have plenty of ideas in terms of where to start with what's getting searched well and start with what solves your problems immediately. Does that at least alleviate some level of that overwhelm? Yes, that is very helpful. Perfect. Now we got to actually create them. You want to hear some of my favorite tools for creating with it? Tell me. Okay, so when we're talking about creation, what I mean there is we just came up with a bunch of ideas. Now we got to actually create content out of it, right? So these are going to be a list of tools that help you in the process of creating and have various benefits for what they do, where they fit, that sort of idea. Is that fair? Let's do it. Perfect. Okay. So number one, I really like Descript. Okay. Descript, another one that's similar that people can check out is called Capsule Video, but I currently use Descript. Now, what does it do? What it does is it lets you upload a video, get it transcribed, and then be able to edit the video as if it was a document. So when you need to move something around or where you accidentally said something wrong and you want to make sure that it's clear, concise, you want to get rid of blanks, that sort of thing, or you realize that you got a little rambly, so you're like, ah, I could say this shorter. Let me just remove this part. I repeated myself a lot right here, right? Descript makes that really easy to do those kinds of cuts where you literally select the text, control C, control V, It's so much easier than trying to scrub through a timeline, right? Whether this is for you or somebody on your team, it's going to save time in the process of editing videos. Further, they have a lot of uh, templates that you can apply. So you can take content and flow it into a template to have a consistent styling as you need to. So for video creation, I really like Descript. But Descript does have a downside. What's that? The downside is that you have to have a human that actually knows how to select for the content that's worthwhile. Ah, that's true. That's the downside. That's true. And... For a lot of the times, you still want that, and that is valuable and worthwhile, so you're not going to completely get rid of that so far, not in in my experience. But it would be nice to be able to take your long-form video that maybe has minimal editing and turn that into lots of short-form videos that uh, an AI robot automatically figured out how to turn into viral clips for you. Wouldn't that be nice? That sounds strategically lazy. Indeed, it is. So my favorite tool for that right now is a tool called Opus Clip. And Opus Clip, what it does, you upload a video. It actually does a lot of the same thing where it transcribes the video, gives you ability to edit with text, that sort of idea. But what it does is it looks for segments of your videos that are specifically more likely to be viral and engaging based on what they're seeing is already performing. And it does a really good job. It's 80 to 90% of the way there. It's not perfect, but it, it gets you really close. And part of what it does is it makes it so that you're zeroed in on the right spot And then usually just by messing with the transcript a little bit, you can get it zoned in on something that's nearly perfect. Does that make sense? So it saves you a lot of the time of actually having to think through, how do I turn this thing into lots of little clips that I could actually leverage to go further on sites like TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, et cetera. Does that make sense? It takes the full bit. And I've used this. We've talked about this. And I don't know if one of the things that I actually, when I've used it, I've used both. Because one of the things I like about Descript is it also removes the us and the ahs and the, the silent because this may be too nerdy, but I thought I'd share from what I found. A lot of times my Opus clip would have us and ahs in it. So I use Descript mm. to remove all those literally by pushing a button. Like Descript's AI right. just clears that. And then I upload right. the new video. And sometimes like it'll cut out a tenth of the video, sometimes 20% of the video or me and you saying, uh, and, and then I upload that because then the, the cuts, it feels like sometimes the cuts are crisper. Right. That makes sense. I know since Opus Clip has been around for a little bit at this point, you are able to remove some of those silences oh. in Opus oh, Clip as now. well. Cool. 
Yep. And it's now allowing you to export in various formats as well. So a couple other tools that are on my radar are Vizard and Video. And the Vizard is spelled like lizard, but with a V. And Video is spelled... How do you normally spell video? Instead of an E, it's a Y. So yeah, V-I-D-Y-O, vid-yo. So those are two other tools to check out that do some level of the same thing as Opus Clip. I know I am looking into Vizard as a potential option to try. It's one of the ones that has me excited, but I haven't played with it yet. So I can't fully recommend it, but it's in that same sort of category. And the key place that really helps you with is taking something somewhat long form and turning into multiple short form options with the least amount of editing necessary, where you don't have to have a human doing all the heavy lifting. It gets you in the right zone, refined from there, and then you're good to go. I mean, just imagine that. You do one long video, and now you might have two shorts a day for five days. And you can put that on Instagram Reels. You can put that on YouTube Shorts. You can put that on Facebook's whatever they've got. Reels as well. I think that's what it's called, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. And one of the most powerful reasons for that, I actually don't know where this fits into the vein, but it's sort of a separate concept that fits into creation, which is you are likely creating content already that you don't realize that you're creating. And that if you just recorded it, you could leverage tools like Opus Clip to turn it into useful pieces of marketing for you. Right. So let me give you an example. I've been doing a book club for about the past three years at this point, and I record every single one of those book clubs. Do you want to know how many people want to watch an hour recording of people talking about a book after the fact? You want to know how many people want to watch your mom and your aunt Lisa? (laughs) Pretty much. If them, right? Nobody wants to watch that. I don't want to watch that. And I run the book club, right? But I have all those recordings. And so we've been going through and processing them. And man, not only myself, other people in the book club, people are saying some smart things that are really great as these small little clips that we could leverage to go out and turn into marketing. And so I have this asset of content that's been being recorded for a while that now gets to be part of my marketing because AI is turning what once would have been too time intensive to process into something really meaningful, at least time intensive compared to my budget around it, like what I could expect. And it's turned it into something that now I could take that asset and actually put it to use in a different way than I ever could have before at the cost that I could do it today. And so think about all the opportunities where you are creating content that you might be able to leverage. Are you running trainings at your office where you're teaching people how to do different types of marketing? Are you talking to agents on your team about strategies and tactics for their business? Are you giving market updates internally that maybe if you just turned on the mic and recorded it could readily be turned into content that could go out into the world on your behalf, right? So I've been in this creation process, then really trying to turn people onto the idea that there's a lot about what you're doing that if you just recorded it could probably become content for you so that you don't have to do as much marketing, right? Because you're already doing the work. You just need to get it in the right format to distribute it properly. Does that make sense? Love it. Another tool, Dolly three or mid journey. These are going to be useful for image creation. Now, where is that going to be useful? It's going to be most useful when you want to create a visual to represent an idea when it comes to content, right? So this could be useful uh, for your ads. It could be useful for uh, blogs. It could be useful for your presentations, that sort of thing, where you want to convey a concept visually and an image would really best do that. But it's going to be hard to find that image already existing perfectly, right? Like if the best way for you to describe a concept 
Is a T-Rex riding a bicycle wearing a propeller hat? I'm going to guess that image may exist, but it may not be easy to find. With the power of AI and image generation, those sorts of images are able to be generated. Now, that one's just for fun and funny, but there might be similar things where you want to create an image that represents a concept and fits into a blog post, goes out via social media to represent an idea that you're writing about, that sort of thing. AI image generation can be really powerful for those. And those two tools are the ones that I really love. Dolly 3 can be accessed and used through ChatGBT+, through OpenAI's ChatGBT program. MidJourney, currently, you still have to access through Discord, but it's another great image generator with a lot of great options. If you have to choose between one or the other, I think most real estate professionals are going to find everything that they need in Dolly 3. But if you want to get like a little bit more of a visual stunning feel, Midjourney still has a little bit of an edge on kind of that creative flair, yeah. if that makes sense. So, but yeah, those two are, are good tools. Now I know you've seen me play with those a bit. What are some of your thoughts around those? Uh, so I really like Dolly. So, you know, I'm a nerd, but the thought of learning how to use Midjourney just didn't ever like really appeal to me. It's almost like writing a program in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> it is. A and, bit, yeah. you know, I would actually see people go to chat GPT to create the Midjourney prompt. So I just love Midjourney is now included for free with my chat GPT. And I feel like yeah, the world is opened up to me. And, you know, right. like I'm creating a how to survive 2024 playbook for my loan officers. Right. And before, like, I'd have to go to Fiverr or someone to create a graphic. And so I actually said, hey, make this into a book cover for me. And of course, you know, the secret is tell it to not do writing. But like, basically, it opens up stuff now. My question is, will both of those do YouTube thumbnails for you? What are kind of just quick run-of-the-mill things, like besides blog posts, you know, like, what are the types of things they can come up with? Yeah, so... The thumbnails are, are, are good to right now. The best way to think about those is there's still a little bit of learning curve on this to really make it work best. What, so I, I agree with you. What I like about Dolly is that Dolly allows you to do more of a back and forth where you ask it like a human, where you say, generate something like this. It generates it. And you say, that's great, but please change that. And it, it understands what you're asking. And it tries to give you something based on what you're saying. Mid journey, you can't do that. You can't yeah. ask it to change it. You have to try and modify your prompt and figure out what you did wrong. Yeah. Right. And Dolly can generate text to a degree, but it's still not perfect. Yeah. So in that vein of generating images, one of the tools that I really like to combine with either mid journey or Dolly or any of the other image generators right now is Canva. Canva is deploying some really solid AI tools in what they're already doing that say you generate an image and it generates a great layout, but the spelling on the text looks really weird and wonky, yeah. right? With Canva, you could bring that image in and there's actually a tool right now that lets you extract the text to make it editable through Canva standard editing. And it even tries to match the font, the color, the layout, all of that. But it like- That's amazing. Removes, yeah, it, and it's not perfect. Right. But it's really good. And if you know a little bit about Canva, you could get it dialed to be a good option. And so typically I find that it is still a combination of a tool like Dolly plus Canva to get the most polished looking things like, you know, thumbnail graphics or presenta presentation covers, that sort of thing. If you want to be able to use something from Dolly just as it is mostly, what you want to be thinking is what can be con conveyed just through visuals. Mm. Right. No text, no specific formatting where it's just the image says what you want it to say yeah. in terms of 
it conveys the idea. It creates the feeling. It creates that perception. If your idea could be expressed that way, then you might be able to generate it just through dollar. If, however, you need to start laying it out, getting in a very specific format, you want to be really specific, like I want this person outlined and I want this text on it and I want it laid out this way and I want the person off to this side. The more specific you start getting, the less likely it's going to be able to generate the ideal thing. All those different parameters start confusing it and you start getting a muddier and muddier result that doesn't exactly fit what you like. And it's sort of a sum total of all the different ideas that you told. Does that make sense? Yeah. Last question. Can I draw a rough version of what I want and upload it and say, do this, but make it look like vector art. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have chat GBT plus at this point that has access to GBT four, GBT four is able to look at an image and understand it. And so uh, essentially the way that the process would go is you could upload something visually. You could say, I want something drawn slightly like this. And then it's going to try and reinterpret that as written instructions for Dolly. The thing to note is that Dolly itself is not aware of that visual. Gotcha. So it, it, it may not be perfect. There are tools that let you literally control how the AI generates stuff based on the image itself, where the visual is impacting the outcome. There are tools that are coming out that let you do that. They, that none of them right now are integrated into Dolly, but they exist. I'm sure as the technology continues to develop, we'll start to see some of that integrated there as well. Because yeah. the, the, the concept exists. It's just still a little bit more on the edges of, of what people are playing with and researching and not necessarily rolled in to all the standard tools that maybe people are using. In so at this rate, give sense? it three to six months, right? <laughs> it's probably by the time we stop recording, it's going to be ready. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. One of my friends said yesterday, you know, this today is as primitive as AI will ever be. It's the foundational phrase that you hear from all of the AI YouTubers. This is as bad as it gets. Yeah. Right. Because it's only getting better from here. Yep. And they use that to show where, where it's like, hey, here's this thing. And sure, it's a little wonky, but this is the worst it's ever going to be. Yeah. So cool. Right. And when you think about that, you're like, wow, it only gets better from here. Yeah, Which, yeah, if I exactly, can say, exactly. that is the reason now really is the time to join your mastermind. And like to know this now, you know, like one of my favorite marketers named Perry Marshall, your friend Leanna just did a, a training with him. He was really kind of an obscure marketer that learned Google ads when Google ads first started. And he wrote a little book and it launched him to decades of wealth and being one of the top folks. And like now is the time to do that in real estate with other people doing it. And your mastermind is the place to do it. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. AI, especially like that's part of what I'm teaching people is it's only a matter of time before all of the benefits that AI gets us are just commonplace right. where it's the standard it's expected because everybody could do it. Those who have been do it will have already carved out their market share. So if you want the benefit of these things in terms of actually growing your business, actually getting a result where you're able to stand out with clients, able to stand out with your results, you got to do it now while people are figuring it out because it's very quickly going to not be a differentiator anymore. It's going to quickly become something that everybody's doing and you're going to have to differentiate some other way. You might as well get the benefit now <laughs> when you have a benefit rather than still having to learn how to use it and just not getting the benefit. Right. <laughs> right? right. Yeah, exactly. So another tool that I really love that's useful in the creation process is a tool called Mac Whisper. 
So Mac Whisper is a tool that you could get for free. You have to have a Mac in order to use it. There are other options. I don't have a ton of them top of mind for Windows, but if you look at like open source Whisper software, that'll get you access to something. I have found a couple. I don't use a Windows machine, so I don't know which of them I would actually like, if that makes sense. But what this does is that OpenAI actually released their Whisper technology as an open source model. And Whisper is their model that allows you to transcribe audio. Okay, and it does it at a really good level. It does it really effectively. What's really cool about Mac Whisper is that it's free. I like that. And so you could take hour long, you know, recordings, get the transcript from them, and now you have the tools to be able to tra- process that through AI as your context for creating articles, for creating show notes, for turning your voice notes into, you know, social media posts, that sort of thing. So when it comes to creation, I really like being able to go from one mode and then creating all the other aspects in the process and getting a written transcription is really useful in that process. So like Descript does those transcriptions as well, but you get a limited amount of usage on it. I really like having full unrestricted access to transcribe however much I want, however often I need it. That's what Mac Whisper gets you access to. And again, it's free. There are versions like it for Windows. I don't remember the names off the top of my head, but if you need that, I'm sure in our mastermind community, anybody that is using Windows will be able to point us in the right direction. Next tool is one that I actually built myself with AI, and it's called the AI Summarizer. You can get access to it at realestategrowthhackers.com slash AI Summarizer. Well, that's cool. It's a free... Yeah. Good name for yeah. it. What's it do? <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, it summarizes things. And so what it's really useful for is when you've got a really long transcript or a really long bit of text, say like an hour-long recording or something, well, that's going to potentially be too many characters to throw into ChatGBT without it throwing a character limit warning. Now, it can understand that level w- of window at this point, or it's at least quickly going to be able to if you can't within ChatGBT itself. It-, it can understand that much, but you still have limits on like how many characters you could throw into ChatGBT. So this is a great way to be able to take something long, distill it into its key key parts for context and then throw that along with a prompt into chat GBT to actually like get a meaningful social media post or a blog post written around a webinar, that sort of thing. It's a great way of taking something long, turning it into short context to then re reformat it into something else. So it's all part of an overall workflow and process. Now the tool itself is completely free. You do need an open AI API key to use it. When you get there, you could Google how to get an API key. It's not too hard. It may sound complicated, but literally, if you go in, sign up for your account, Google how to grab it, copy, paste, throw it in, and you're off to the races, yes. right? You're, you're, you're going to be good to go. It's not, it sounds more complicated than it is. It's actually pretty easy to use. Yeah, but it, it, it works really well. I forget. I, I think that's a tool that I've set your way. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to use it, make use of it, but but ha- has that been one that's that showed up in your workflow yet? I have not used it. I haven't because I haven't ever tried to get my open API key to work and <laughs> So no, I've never used that one. Yeah, fair enough. Like where it fits really specifically is it's somewhat of a limited use case. It's really when you have a long body of text, like an hour long recording that you just transcribed. So it's going to be useful like for webinars or turning trainings into something. It's not necessarily the kind of thing that you're going to use every day, but when you need it, it's really useful. That's part of why I made it free. It's not one of those tools that I really see many people needing often, if that makes sense. But when you need it, it's really nice to have it. But yeah, and so part of what you could then use for, you know, with the summarizer, with Mac Whisper and with these other tools, now you could take your videos 
and turn them into images, turn them into short posts, turning them into long posts, take one form and recreate it into multiple different aspects. And that's kind of wrapping up our, our creation portion on these tools that really help you create in a much more leveraged way that either makes the editing process quicker or the ability to create more content more effective. How does that sound? Is that pretty good for the creation part of our content life cycle? Yeah. And kind of, tell me if I heard this right. Kind of what I've heard is, I mean, it's really what me and you are doing here. You know, you get a topic, do a long form video because then you can take that right. and you can almost down sample it into, you can use Opus or Vizard right. or one of those to craft it into different types of pieces of video. You can also use Mac Whisper to transcribe it, which I'm guessing what with that transcription, maybe in uh, the, the next step, we're going to talk about how to do different things with it. Exactly. So, and that, that gets us to our next step. So part of where the, the overarching process leads us and where AI is really powerful is it, it takes what used to take a lot of work just to get one thing done and takes the same time and effort. It makes it a lot easier for us to create a lot of assets, a lot of tools, a lot of things that we can distribute far and wide. So let's talk about that process of distribution, right? It's good to sort of start with one anchor, get really good at that and start figuring out how to spread it from there. If you could do it easily, it's worthwhile to try and make things spread as far and wide as possible. And so there's all sorts of different styles of posts that fit on different platforms. On Facebook, you have written posts, you have images, you have stories, you have reels, right? You have videos as the posts themselves, right? Uh, on Instagram, you have both posts that could be images or videos, and you also have reels, which work and operate differently. They're different aspect ratio. The way that traffic goes to them is different. On X slash Twitter, you've got posts, videos, images. On YouTube, you've got both shorts and standard, as well as they, you know, for some channels, you have the ability to do images and written content as well. LinkedIn posts, videos, images, Google business profiles. You can do images and videos. Most people aren't even thinking about Google business profile, but that's another one that you could be posting content to and getting some benefit out of. And for real estate uh, agents, Pinterest, you've got. I think that's probably one of the biggest ones for real estate agents. Google business. Absolutely. Most people aren't doing it when you are. I mean, you know, one of my lenders, he's really focused on that and he gets multiple clients a month. And what's cool about those is he actually calls them referrals because they've read all of his testimonials that they come in with as much <laughs> trust as a referral. Right. Yeah. And what's interesting is that Google business profile, you get the benefits of like SEO traffic, but you're not doing typical SEO stuff. You're not generating a bunch of backlinks. You're not competing in the same way as people are typically competing with SEO. So like in terms of distribution, there's a lot of benefit to, you know, compared to the amount of effort, if that probably, makes sense. I mean, so, probably the number one benefit, you're not competing with the giants. You're not competing with Redfin, exactly. Zillow, those other guys, because they can't exactly. play in this box. So it's just you and exactly. the other locals. Exactly. And so, yeah, when I think distribution, I just think all of these different places that I can be taking my message that I'm creating and figuring out how to get that message in a relevant way onto these different platforms and try and make that as scalable and strategic as possible. And so one of the foundational concepts for that around that for me is stopping thinking about what am I posting today and start thinking about what is the content library that I am building, mm. right? And so thinking about it from the standpoint of 
building a body of work rather than finding the thing to post today. And the right tools allow you to take that kind of content and then republish it at the right time, at the right place, when it makes sense. So you can build a piece of content, put it into a library, and then drip that content out, not only on a relevant timeline, like you may be used to, where you schedule something out, but also bringing it back into the mix and posting it again in a few months, right. in a year. And Exactly. And so building out your content that way, where you're thinking about it as a library that you're building out, I think is one of the best strategies distribution-wise to really make your effort be as scalable as possible. And in terms of tools that make that process work really great, I've got a few that fit in that vein. The one that I use is called Cloud Campaign. That's my favorite tool for this process. Others that do a similar idea, SmarterQ does this, Social Pilot does this. Meet Edgar is a tool that does that recycling process. But part of what, what's really cool about Cloud Campaign is not only will it publish to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Google Business Profile, Pinterest, and I believe potentially even some other places. Not only will it publish to those, but you can have it automatically generate a relevant caption to go along with a video or image based on you prompting it that adapts to the different platform that you are posting it to. So it will generate something that makes sense for YouTube and generate something that fits for Instagram and generate something that fits for Facebook, knowing character limits, knowing the way that those platforms work. And then further, you could actually generate multiple captions for each of those. Nice. So when it recycles with a new caption, making it feel like a new piece of content rather than exactly a repost of what you already did. So it's not perfect. I think those captions can be modified, but what I really like is that you could set this up and get something going at scale. And then in a bit, I'm going to tell you about optimization where we figure out what's really working. And then that tells us what we need to go in and really put extra attention on to refine and, and improve. But being able to get that data is all about getting a lot of this content out, seeing what the market does, and then making decisions based on That's that. That's awesome. That yeah, definitely. Perfect. So let's dive into that. Let's dive into optimization. So the biggest benefit that AI gets us is it gets us the ability to produce content at a scale that we haven't been able to before, at a speed that we haven't been able to, so that we could test ideas much more effectively, much more frequently than we used to be able to test. And so I, I love having people start to think about the scale of the content that you create, not so much for the sake of you need to be producing a lot of content, but because the more content that you could produce, the more tests you could be running, the more data that you're getting in the process of putting out content, seeing what people are aligning with, seeing what topics are actually striking a chord with people, what things are going more viral than others, right? So you start to be able to hone in on the messaging that not only matters for the conversations that you're having with clients, prospective clients, potential real estate agents that you're converting, all of those sorts of ideas, but also what are the pieces of your content that you should be throwing ad spend behind, that you should be doubling down on, that you should be putting effort in to turn this idea into a case study you know, recipe and variations on it, iterations on it, because you know this subject seems to hit people where they want to hear about it. I right? love that. And so that's where I think of optimization. I think paying attention to the data of what's going on so that we can refine and improve our process to zero in on the messages that are working. So yeah, that's like the primary source of that is going to be your own posts. And here's part of why that's powerful. Ultimately, if somebody is going to hire you to help them sell their home, help them buy a home, if they're going to join your team, whatever, right? There's some level 
of they have to be bought into you and what you have to offer. Yeah. Right. And so whose data is better than your own around what aspects that you want to talk about seem to be most aligned toward attracting people to you. Right. Does that make sense? As opposed to general information about what's performing and what's working. Right. If you could leverage your own data, you're getting real world ideas about what you have to say that aligns with the market rather than just in general. Right. Like I, I, you know, hey, if we say his name three times, maybe he'll appear. Alex (laughs) Hermosi. Alex Hermosi talks about this idea of he knows that he could get tons of views on a certain type of video if he did like an analysis of Coca-Cola. But it's like anybody could do that. Right. So he's, he's talking about only what he could talk about. And then further, he knows that if he was like trashing people, he could get views on that. Or if he was trashing himself, he could get views on that. Right. But it doesn't serve his goal, his ideal end results. And so when we're looking at the general recommendations of what we should be creating content on and, and what we should be focusing on, we really have to bring that into alignment with what do we have to offer? What do we actually want to emphasize? Who do we want to attract? And we want to find the cross section of what we want to talk about that aligns with what people want to hear about, right? We want to find that cross-section rather than just in general. And so being able to look at our own data and see what's performing is awesome. Cloud Campaign, that tool that I mentioned, it actually automatically tracks a lot of that stuff for you. So you're even able to see how often is a question present in the posts that are working, image, long versus short, video present or not, length of video on a platform by platform basis so that you could zero in and really start to see, hey, if I want to get the most traction out of Facebook possible, it looks like I need to be doing more videos about this length with this sort of question present in the caption, right? And it starts to let you zero in on getting better results from your own data. I do like leveraging competition. I like leveraging, you know, the ability to learn from what's working in the market itself. One of the ways that I really like doing that is that you could take, say, go to YouTube and either go toward competitors or go toward people maybe in other markets that are doing a similar thing that you want to do. And you can scrape the titles, durations, and those sorts of ideas about everything that's going on in the YouTube channel. And you could start looking for what things are present, like which, what keywords are present in the videos that are getting the most views. One of the metrics that I've been looking at when I'm starting to do this research is I'm looking at the views over time, right? If a video came out three years ago and that has the most views, maybe that means a little bit less than the video that came out yesterday that has the same amount of views. Right. Right. And so views over time matters for me to see which elements are most impactful. A tool that I like for that is Bardeen. Bardeen's a tool that goes into your browser, allows you to scrape this sort of stuff, put it into a spreadsheet. You could take that spreadsheet, throw it into ChatGPT, and start asking it questions like, based on this data, what titles should I be writing that are most likely to result in the high view count around this topic? Right. It can help you optimize around that. Further, you can do that same sort of idea with your own data, grab the, the posts that are working the best for you. And say, hey, these are my top performing Facebook posts. Based on this information, here's a post that I'm working on right now to go out on Facebook. Can you help me optimize it so that it fits the best practices that you see in what's already been working for me with my own stuff? Again, that's going back to that same concept of your own data is really going to be the best. But if you're looking for some place to start, you can go and scrape competitors or similar people in other markets and learn from that as well. But yeah, the more that you could start building your body of work, building that distribution and getting your data, your content to go out and collect data for you, the better so that you know what to create new content around, what to throw ad spend behind to get more eyeballs on it, all of that. And AI essentially 
makes it so that you could do that at a scale that was previously really hard to do because it makes this process so much easier to come up with ideas, so much easier to take one topic and turn it into a bunch of different concepts yeah. and then get that stuff out into the world in tools that make the distribution easy so that you can start getting that data back from the market. That's awesome. Yeah. I, there you go. Uh, I would love to have a service where I could just get your video walkthroughs on how to set up Bardane for these things. Maybe you'll do that as part of your mastermind. Right. I want to see those videos because I don't know if you know this, like, you know, I'm pretty nerdy, pretty technical, but right. Bardane, like my mind just doesn't work with it. And I'm just like, <laughs> right. oh man, like I want that. Like, what's that look like? So if you guys want Zach to uh, do a video on how to walk through Bardeen, let him know as you sign up right. for the mastermind. Indeed. And even if you're not interested in the mastermind yet, I do, I pay attention when people ask questions, when people want to know things that does influence what kind of content I create, what kind of courses I create, like what are the hot pressing questions that you guys have that you feel like you need help with? Definitely reach out to me, whether it's through the contact page, realestategrowthhackers.com slash contact, or whether you reach out on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, reach out. If you have a question, if there's something that you're like, man, that topic's really interesting. I would love to know more about that. Yeah, I'll absolutely consider that. Makes a difference for what kind of content I create as well as courses, trainings, all of that sort of and stuff. My, Again, and my vote counts, but yours counts more than me. So <laughs> you got to let him know. I'll keep badgering him, but it's your votes that count. Absolutely. And just like Charlie said, I mean, even further, you know whose vote counts the most? The people who are in that mastermind asking me how to get the results, because that's what it's all about. It's about getting people into practice, being able to implement. So if you join that mastermind, I essentially become your AI assistant where we start implementing that stuff. So definitely check out that mastermind if you want to, realestategrowthhackers.com slash contact. You can reach out to us. Let us know you're interested. We'll get you more details so that you can uh, come and join us for that ride. Otherwise, that's what we have today. Ideation, creation, distribution, optimization. I laid out a bunch of tools, a bunch of strategies, a bunch of concepts. It was probably a little bit like drinking from a fire hose, but hopefully it was worthwhile. What would you think of that, Charlie? You know, if you're down with OPP, you know me. On that note, everybody, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Real Estate Growth Hackers. This has been Zach Hammer here with Charlie Madison. Charlie, you should check out if you are looking for help being able to generate business on demand on autopilot, getting compliant clients rather than leads. You want to check out Realtor Waiting List. I believe that one will connect you up to Charlie and you can find out more about what he's up to as a way to say thank you to the show. You'll actually, I think you'll end up on a specific part of your calendar that sort of says, hey, this is a friend of Zach. Yes. And I, I don't know about the rest of you, but that might actually mean something to Charlie in terms of how likely you are to get some amazing extra help and benefit. Because me and Charlie, we're pretty good buddies. At this You're in the place, friend so. of Zach <laughs> VIP room. Exactly. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for coming out. Check out what Charlie's up to, Realtor Waiting List, Referrals While You Sleep. And until next time, thanks for checking out another Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Remember, done is better than perfect. To turn the marketing ideas and tactics you just learned into real growth for your real estate business, visit us at realestategrowthhackers.com. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with another real estate professional who could benefit from the information. Or maybe you'd like to subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. And you can leave a rating or review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway, helping this show to reach and help more people just like you. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.